So this whole semester, we have been doing this series called Inside Out, and this is an exploration of how we think about our identities um, as disciples. And uh, for those of you who've been around for any amount of time, we describe uh, discipleship as what? Following. Following, right? It's very simple. Just if you're a disciple, you are a follower. And we kind of, there's normally uh, some negative connotations to that, but uh, in this context, uh, that is the, the very best thing that we can aspire to, uh, to be real followers of the ones that we say we are disciples of. So it just means we walk in his way. As he goes, we want to go. Um, and so uh, but but what we get kind of trap ourselves into sometimes is uh, we think of that as an internal process, which it is, and it's very very important. It's an internal thing. It's a uh, uh, a process that we uh, experience uh, that's very very personal uh, to us. And maybe if we extend that uh, outside, it's to community and the, the people that that. Uh, can surround us and, and help us in that and believe in the, the, the same kind of ways. Um, but it's very, still a very inside-focused kind of thing. Now, get, don't get me wrong, that's very important. We actually spend half of the semester on that, including tonight. Um, but then we have this other notion that there's this outward-focused uh, kind of identity uh, that we, uh, that's often what we classify under mission. You know, what what is our... What is our evangelistic effort to this world to teach them uh, about Jesus? Uh, and that, that's, that's important, too, and how we think about that is very important, and we spend the other half of the semester thinking about that. But they're actually both, they're not separate things. How we think about our, our outward mission, how we carry ourselves in the world, and what the, that means uh, and its effect uh, but also our inward focus and how we uh, develop um, our identities uh, internally are not separate from each other. Those are, those are really uh, integrated kinds of things. Um, and so when we talk about one, uh, we're really talking about the other and vice versa. Uh, so that's our, that's our exploration uh, in, in the Inside Out series through this whole uh, semester. Um, and so the, what I want to... Um, talk about tonight is is how we experience love right and that's a big that's a big topic right um, how we experience love and uh, when you when you come to develop an interest and we're going to talk about we're going to talk about romantic love right now when you find yourself developing an interest it's a <laughs> nervous laughter over here uh, <clears throat> Uh, when you find yourself developing an interest in somebody, somebody, what are the kinds of things you find yourself doing? Or what do you observe other people doing, right? That's what other people do. What are the kinds of things that take place? Hannah gets even more awkward. <laughs> I mean, she gets awkward, right? Okay. Hannah gets awkward, right? Okay. What are, the, what are other things that take place? What are kind of interesting processes that happen? Accident, yeah. Oops, hey, how are you? Get away from me, stalker. Man, how many times have I gotten that one? <laughs> 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 
It took like three seconds for that one to sink in. It's getting pretty slow right here before Thanksgiving. What are other things that happen? Palm sweaty. Okay. What are what are some things? <laughs> Weak and sweaty and nervous. Okay. What are some what are some like processes that take place? What are some changes that happen? You wonder what they're thinking about, right? And maybe by extension, or maybe there's an overlap here, you start be getting interested in the things they're interested in, right? You ever notice that? Um, <laughs> no, that didn't happen for me. He didn't. Li- he never liked what I liked. <laughs> um, one thing I appreciate about my my world's perfect wife here is that suddenly there was a new Seinfeld fan uh, in the world. <laughs> Somebody was watching like every episode. I love that. I I I knew why, but you know we'll take whatever we can get uh, in that. It's a great show, right? Um, yeah, like suddenly they become a vegetarian because uh, you're. Ve- <laughs> I'm just thinking hypothetically. I'm. <laughs> hey, but tr- you know, you're willing to go the extra mile, right? Uh, There's just crazy things that happen when we really get interested in other people, right? You start wanting those things to overlap. You start doing things that you never would have done before, right? Because that's in the, in the wheelhouse of the other person, and you just want to be there, right? What happens when you find you can't live without somebody? You just get to a point where you say, man, I'm just pretty sure I cannot live without this person. What, what kind of, now I know a lot of you have not been in that place, but what, what is the, th- what's the things that happen with that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, baby, I love you, but I got to go serve my country. Right. Start planning your future, Right? That's exactly right. You start thinking about this life together. You start thinking about this, this integrated kind of thing that is for a long term. And let me tell you, when you get to that place, uh, it's a whole new world, right, Lindsay? Yeah. You start thinking about things you never thought of before, right? Um, so that, that, I think that raises an interesting question. Like, why do we get married, right? We're talking about marriage when we talk about that kind of thing, right? Why do we get married? Why do we have weddings? Why don't we just live in love, right? If you're committed, you're committed, right? Why don't we just live in that kind of status of things? Like, why do we have marriage and weddings well it's because it's because it's a covenant it's a covenant right when we get to a place of knowing that we cannot live without the other then we're willing to commit ourselves not just to an idea but an actual covenant with somebody else 
And there's all kinds of covenants. Covenants are very old ideas, a very ancient idea. And we see it really, really heavily um, in the Old Testament. But, right? but that idea extends into who we are today and the relationships that, that we form and the commitments that we make. Now, there's a, there's a kind of a Christianese phrase, right? Um, but it's a really important one, and we need to see the importance of it, and that is the idea of being the bride of Christ, right? Jesus uses that language uh, in his description of the re- kind of relationship that he has with us. And Christ refers to himself multiple times as the bridegroom, and what this infers is that God is asking us for a covenant relationship with him, one that's built on a real and powerful vow that we make. So he's not just asking, like, come, come be beside me while we share this relationship, right? He says, Let's bind ourselves in a covenant to this relationship because that is what produces the kind of commitment, just like in marriage. That's what produces the kind of commitment that's going to take us through everything, right? <clears throat> Matthew 28. So this is the end of Matthew. We, we, we look at this a lot as Christians. It contains a kind of uh, mission, that we, you know, we talk about mission and our external focus uh, mission to the world. And, and this is one we look at. It's classic. But I want you to hear what Jesus says in this. Jesus came to them, his disciples, and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. What? What's it? Baptizing them. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So, this is what he is giving us as the, as the symbol of that covenant baptism. Now let's look back. Let's 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 look right after that um, in Acts. Right, this is another classic for for a lot of you in Acts chapter two, and you're welcome. We haven't been in Acts chapter two for a little while. Uh, uh, we often go here because there's a lot that's really really important here. At this in Acts chapter two, if you're not familiar, is uh, an extremely important thing that happened in the history of Christianity, and this is when uh, a lot of people were gathered uh, in Jerusalem for the celebration of the Pentecost, <clears throat> and uh, some crazy things happen, the Holy Spirit kinds of things happen, and uh, Peter gets up and, and uh, ends up preaching this, uh, this really, really important sermon that com- convicts a lot of people in what they understand about Jesus. And so they, they, say, uh, they say, what do we do about this? And Jesus, or, and Peter, starting in verse 37, says, uh, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? 
what should be our response to these things that we have now been convicted about when it comes to Jesus? And Peter gives them what is a, a simple but also a very powerful answer. He says, repent, repent, turn away from who you have been that has created this whole situation with the crucifixion of Jesus and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ <clears throat> for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Jesus, or, I keep wanting to call him Jesus, Peter, Peter, Peter makes it really clear here. This is even a part of our response into a new relationship with Jesus is to enter into baptism. Uh, now, baptism, bab, the, the word baptism comes from the original Greek, uh, from a word that means to be immersed, to be surrounded by, to be completely engulfed in, right? Uh, be baptized, be immersed, engulfed in this relationship with Jesus Christ. But it also has the physical element. You, you, you said you physically go into the water to represent being immersed in that way. So we can keep going and going through the whole New Testament. Has has all kinds of stories and examples of what of people experiencing baptism. But another really uh, critical one comes later in Acts in chapter eight. Uh, when Philip baptized the eunuch immediately after he had read the scriptures with him and helped him to understand the story of Jesus. Uh, and if you don't know that whole story, go look back in chapter eight, uh, Acts chapter 8. It's an amazing story. But it, this is a piece of it. In verse 36, as they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. And so this is a story of Philip encountering uh, the eunuch. And if you were here earlier this semester, uh, Natalie actually taught on this whole uh, story. Uh, and it was great. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so it's an, it's, a, it's an example of a response uh, somebody who has been touched by the power of the story of Christ as it, as it has been explained to him by Philip. Um, and, and the eunuch is actually the one that says, hey, let's do this. I want to, I want to go into this new way of life uh, in Christ. Now that this has been explained to me out of uh, Isaiah chapter 51. And so we go on and on and on. And, and if you want to uh, get some more uh, in-depth uh, scripture um, exposure to the idea of baptism and the stories of baptism, the explanations of baptism, come and talk to me. We'll do that. Uh, but that's what we want to talk about tonight is baptism. We talk about our internal process, the, our, our way of going into relationship and getting deeper in relationship uh, with Christ. And Christ says, this is how 
This is our vehicle towards the most powerful experience of relationship with him. So I want to talk about uh, some of the things that baptism is. So baptism is an act of unification. And this is because you participate in the death and the burial and the resurrection of Christ. And Paul talks about it uh, in uh, Romans chapter 6 in some really... um, some really important ways. He says, or don't you know, this is starting in verse three, or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may have a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like this, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Baptism is an act of unification with who Christ is and what he has done. Secondly, baptism is an act of humility. Baptism is an act of humility because it is all of those things. If we're being united with him in his death, what's the implication of that? That we are also are willing to die. Are you willing to die? That's a hard question. You know, we can sit in here in this room and go, yeah, yeah, that's great. That's the hardest question, though, in reality, right? Because it calls us to something that is the most difficult thing. I sat with somebody this week across the table, coffee. And that was with, with tears in this person's eyes. She said, I don't know if I can do this because I don't know if I can embrace that idea of dying to myself. I appreciate that because it's honest, because it is brutally hard, right? But that's why it's the most humble thing that we can do, is say, I'm willing to lose myself for the sake of this. Are you ready to let yourself go for your relationship with Christ? Now, this, this could be a question for any kind of relationship, especially those that go towards marriage, right? Are you willing to let yourself go for that? But Christ takes it all the way to death. And baptism says, I am willing. I am willing. Thirdly, baptism is an act done to you. Now, it's easy to think of it as something we do. It's something, because, it, I mean, it is practically, realistically, and 
in the flesh, right? Something that we do, we decide to do it. It's a, it's a, it's a very physical thing that we participate in. But in reality, baptism is an act done to you. It isn't something you do as much as it is a transformation that God does to you. And that's why when we say, man, it's so hard. It's so hard to embrace the idea of losing myself into Christ. God says, that's okay. I get it. Because what you're going to experience is not something that you are striving into. It's something that I'm going to help bring you to. Right? It's it's something that happens to you. I want to read you this. It's from the book Pastrix uh, by Nadia Bowles-Weber, who really has a, a, a really interesting take on a lot of different things, to say the least. She talks about this, and I want to read you this in this chapter. Now, there's a lot more context to what she's talking about, uh, but we're going to pick up in this discussion here uh, of of somebody that she's been talking to. Um, She says, The precision with which the devil or evil or darkness, whatever you want to call it, worms into our lives is breathtaking. It's like a tailor-made radioactive isotope calling into question our identity as children of God. And nowhere are we more prone to encroaching darkness than when we are stepping into the light. Sudden discouragement in the midst of healthy decisions, a toxic thought or a particular temptation. So, knowing these people in front of me, I made the following suggestion to my church this little tiny church of misfit people that she leads. Take a note from Martin Luther's playbook and defiantly shout back at this darkness, I am baptized. Not I was, but I am baptized. When Luther himself was holed up in a castle translating the Greek Bible into German so that for the very first time, somewhat regular folks could read it for themselves, he struggled mightily with doubt and discouragement from what he understood to be the devil. Subsequently, Luther was known not only uh, to not only throw the occasional ink pot at whatever was tormenting him and causing him to doubt God's promises, but also while doing so, he could be heard throughout the castle grounds shouting, I am baptized. When the forces that seek to defy God whisper, if in our ears, if God really loved me, I wouldn't feel like this. If I am really beloved, then I should have everything I want. If I really belong to God, things in my life wouldn't suck. To remember that God has named us and claimed us as God's own. When what seems to be depression or compulsive eating or narcissism or despair or discouragement or resentment or isolation takes over, 
Try picturing it as a vulnerable and desperate force seeking to defy God's grace and mercy in your life. And then tell it to piss off and say defiantly to it, I am baptized or I am God's because nothing else gets to tell you who you are. I am baptized. Can we say that? Can we say that? I am baptized. Um, I don't want you to just hear about it. I want us to hear from our own about this experience. Uh, and Edosa, if you will join us up here. Don't worry, he knows about this. Um, so we got to know uh, Edosa for the first time. Um, man, well, it's, it's been a little while now, right? I didn't count it up. <laughs> um, but then uh, we, we traipsed off to a retreat one time, and uh, right before that, he's like, I think I want to be baptized. I said, well, I think we can do that. Um, and we, uh, it was a Sunday morning at retreat, right? We, we, uh, we walked down to the, to the edge of the lake, and it was uh, Adosa and three others that all uh, got baptized uh, together. It was a wonderful time. Um, but we've had, we've had a fair amount of time since then, right? Um, and so I want to talk to you. I want you to talk with us. Uh, first of all, why did you decide to do that? Well, that wasn't the first time I thought about being baptized. I kind of grew up in around the church and struggling with my faith. And so I was kind of the kid that was really skeptical and didn't want to, I guess, commit before I was really sure. So I'd always be crossing my arms whenever people are getting baptized and just like denying Jesus, but whenever I went to a retreat and after coming to LLC, my trust in Jesus grew. And I guess I let go of my pride of me needing him and accepting him. And so I decided to humble myself and finally commit. Talk to us about what life has been like since you were baptized. I mean, everything radically changed, right? A lot of things, I guess a lot of my character that I, I guess a lot, my character changed since I was baptized. I had to like start living the way Jesus intended me to. And I guess just accept him and then be mindful of him and just pursue him more. And that really has changed my life because before then I was pretty lost. I didn't know what my ideals were or what I cared about. And then Jesus just revealed that to me and solidified my beliefs and I could follow him as an example. What would you say to anybody who is thinking about what baptism is? tonight I would say baptism is 
finding what you stand for and what you believe in, and then personally making that commitment to that. Thank you, Adessa. I appreciate you. Let's speak to that notion of uh, things com being completely different, uh, life being radically changed. Uh, I think that might be a false notion of baptism. Because look at every story, even just the, the few that we've talked about tonight. Uh, it's a very beginning. It's a very, very beginning kind of thing. Um, but it's the start. The beginning means it's the start. You are, you are embarking on a path of committed relationship. You know, the wedding. A wedding is not the culmination of a marriage. A wedding is a time to take, to make the vows that seal our commitment to each other. And you are just getting started. Nobody's going to somebody right after the wedding asking for marriage advice, right? <laughs> because... What do they know yet? They don't, right? Um, and trust me, seven years in, you're still learning a lot about, yeah, do you, uh, Judy knows everything. Uh, so, <laughs> right. Um, it's the beginning. It's the very beginning, right? But it sets the path. So if you're here tonight and you have not been baptized or this is something that you're thinking about, I want you to consider the proposal that God is making for you to join him in a covenant relationship. Baptism is God saying to you, hey, let's, start, let's stop dating or let's take this dating relationship and let's make it something forever. Uh, I am here if you would like to talk about it further. Always here for you. And there's other people in this room too. Very, very happy to talk about it with you. Things I hear commonly said uh, when it comes to baptism. I'm not sure I want to do this in front of a crowd. And you absolutely do not have to. Uh, but Philip baptized the Ethiopian right there on the side of the road, just the two of them. And it made it into our scriptures for us to uh, rejoice for them uh, forever. Um, absolutely does not need to be in front of a crowd. Um, I was baptized as a baby. Do I need to do this again? Now, if that's the case for you, Nobody is here to question any baptism that you may have already been through. Nobody is here uh, to do that. But if you would like to make this commitment as a believer, we will stand with you in that. And one that's very, very common, I'm not sure I know enough to do this. And let me say, nobody who was baptized in Scripture did so because they knew enough. Nobody. Because, again, baptism is the very beginning point. Right? That's why it's described by Jesus in John chapter 3 as a new birth. Right? Being born again. It's the beginning. Right? And so...
tonight, um, if that's something that you're thinking about and you want to talk about it, even tonight, I mean, if you're like, if you're like, let's do this. Well, hey, I mean, it's cold outside. It doesn't matter. We'll go up to the fountain and we'll do this. We've done it before, right? Um, we'll make that happen. But if you want to talk about it, explore it, we'll do that with you too. But I want to talk about now uh, what brings us to another thing. So, you know, baptism is incredibly important sacrament that we have as Christians. But the other is what we do now uh, in the communion time. Um, and this is, this is Jesus, you know, so we talk about baptism as a vow that we're making to God. Well, this communion time is our experience of the vow that God is making to us. And Jesus saying, this is what I have given uh, for you. So uh, the band's going to come up, and um, we're just going to have a time of, uh, of prayer together. It'll be very simple uh, tonight. We're going to pray about this. Um, and then if you'd like to come to the table um, and participate in communion, you can do that um, as we move forward in worship. Let's pray together for our communion time. Father, thank you for the ways that you show your love to us. And we kind of joke about it. We talk about how we, we change our ways and we get interested in the things that each other is interested in. But we see that in one of the most extreme ways where you have literally come to earth as a human to experience life as we experience it, to live in this world as we have lived as humanity, to go through the things that we have gone through. To come to love the experiences of life that we love And to love us in a way that took you all the way to the cross. And so, Father, that pulls us toward you, knowing that you understand us, that you have been us. And we want to love the things that you love. We want to be in the things that are of you. Because you have given yourself that way. And we're thankful for the body, the flesh the blood that was given. These are really th hard things to picture, Father. But you made a covenant with us that took us all the way, took you all the way to death. So help us to die for you. 
And help us, help that to be on our minds right now as we come to this table and we take the bread and we take the juice. And we know that this is one of the most intimate acts that we have that represents this relationship. Help us to go as people from here because of this into a world that tries to crush us. It's just people. A world that works against us so much that picks at our insecurities and say, I am baptized. And we pray this now in the name of Christ.